crew, holy cats, do we have a banger of an episode today. Um, by the way, I'm not quite sure I used banger correctly. I heard one of the models say it the other day and it seemed to be a good thing. Uh, I, I don't know, I'm old. Anyway, I'll make this quick because this episode is long. Believe me, I tried to edit it down. I really did as much as I could, but our guest, Kim Tran, AKA Little Kim, is just spinning gold the entire time. Lil' Kim, and yes, everyone in the industry does know her by that moniker, is probably gonna be the most legit guest we'll ever have on. And what I mean by that is, if you find yourself on set and Lil' Kim is the producer, you know whatever production you're on is the real fucking deal. Drop her name at any studio in Los Angeles or to any photo assist or gaffing crew, you'll be instantly showing your street cred. The opposite of that would be, of course, dropping my name, to which, at best, you'll get crickets, but more likely you'll get Lucas. Ugh, that f***ing guy. Anyway, this episode should really be like a Lil' Kim TED Talks. The second half of this episode, Shintani and I basically shut up and let Lil' Kim go and go and go. She's also a former agent at Art Mix Creative and Walter Schufer, and has advice and wisdom especially for photographers that, honestly, I should be charging for. If knowledge is power, then all of you will have your own Thanos Infinity Glove Stone thing by the end of this episode. Do not sit back and relax for this episode. Sit up straight and take notes. For real, this is a good one, crew. Class is in. Enjoy this episode of I Shoot LA. It, it, it's like friends, where people just like are constantly yeah. going into each other's apartment yeah. and saying witty anecdotes and then oh. leaving right on cue. They also all live across the street. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah it's a whole, it's, uh, it's a sitcom. These are your literal neighbors? Uh, yeah. And it's, a, it's an Asian sitcom, except for that one white guy. I thought when I showed up, I was like, oh, all the people But he's married to the Asian girl, so. They're married? Yeah. When did they get married? Uh, last year. Oh, congratulations. Uh, for recording. Hell yeah. Oh, oh, oh we're, okay. we're, we're live, we're live, guys. Oh, we Hi. like to streamline into things, Yeah, it's cool. It's very, it's, it's the hip thing to do. Yeah, it's wow. a way to check the mic There's levels no too. Uh, yeah. starting point. No, no, okay. no. Uh, hey guys, welcome, welcome to I Shoot LA. Sitting across from me, uh, the man with the plan who is not named Stan, in fact his name's just Shintani. Chris hello. Shintani, say hello. Hello everyone. And to my right, the littlest producer that could, the best person in my life. <laughs> Uh, she wears many hats, including the literal hat she's wearing right now, which literally says Lil Kim on it, which I saw. Guys, it's Kim Tran, oh, aka sick. Lil Kim. Howdy, everybody. Hey, Kim Tran. <laughs> so, uh, we're gonna get into all things Kim Tran, aka Lil Kim, in a bit. But first, let's just do a catch up. Catch up corner. Ketchup corner. Ketchup corner. So many corners. So many corners. I love it. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> what did you shoot this week, Shintani? Uh, this week I shot with my friend Ashley. We just did a little like fun test shoot. Um, yeah, we have. I have a uh, five jobs line. I'm like consulting with a. I want to be a consultant. Company. Do you get a briefcase and like <laughs> a, a power lunch one. with a martini? Like, what's a what's a consultant do? I, mean, I know what he does, I but what are you do doing? That. I'm lighting, I'm lighting for them. I'm doing, oh, nice. I'm basically lighting, teching for them, and then helping them develop their studio better. Yeah, very cool. You're gonna get a little, some some pair of two, two, twos and a bronze color move pack, and- I was just gonna say Brady's all the some way. Bre oh, oh, oh that, <laughs> the studio's running deep with the Brady's. They to 11. I was like, yeah, just get a bunch of like, Pinkies pro up. 11 packs, and tens uh, aren't some good Breezy anymore. Boys. No, the 10s ten, are one third nanosecond slower, and we can't have that, because Ecom, 
They move so it, fast. It oh cannot yeah. You need work. to freeze the action Impossible. when you're doing it. Impossible. You have to be able to shoot 25 frames a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With the strobe. Yeah. At full power. The seventeenth so, frame out of the seventy that you shot yeah, in yeah. that one burst is the one. Yeah, V yes. one, and it, it's listen. There's a reason they're on top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, myself, uh, I shot like I said. I uh, last last uh, episode with John Jay. I just gotten back from Miami from that whole campaign. So I'm deep in post. A lot of just kind of color grading a gajillion images. Fortunately, they they are doing um, the actual retouching in house. Nice. So I don't have to retouch all the you know. Knee, so knees, elbows, uh, you know, balancing crotches. crotches. Honestly, crotches. crotches. Tons of yeah. crotches. Armpits and crotches. That's Those all were like there my worst to, nightmares, yeah. Yeah. honestly. And mm-hmm. that's just like you get into photography and you're like, oh, we can shoot these amazing, you know, ladies in swimwear. And it's like, yeah, they're all beautiful, but they're human beings. And at 45 megapixel, uh, <laughs> you know, resolution, you, you, you see some see a lot of ingrown hair. He's got to get, and by the way, it's fine, but they do need to be erased. And, uh, and it's, a, it's kind of a pain in the butt, so fortunately I do not have to be doing that stuff. Lil' Kim, we're going to talk all about you in a second and your thousand jobs. She's awesome. <laughs> and we exactly, I'm so excited thousand, to have you yeah, on. Yeah, we're actually super pumped to have you. But before we get into that, tell us what you're doing right now, work-wise. I really thought that you were going to say before that, <laughs> let's get to our first sponsor. <laughs> like, play a quick commercial. ZipRecruiter.com. <laughs> Squarespace. I really Blue thought we were leading into that. Should we just start manifesting a, a bunch of sponsors? Commercial break yeah. before we get to you. <laughs> it's only our fourth episode. Sponsored by BH Camera. Yeah, for all your photo needs. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we not? I was like, ding, 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 ding. we need the soundboard. <laughs> we need that. We're gonna we're gonna get a soundboard because we have to. Because what I want to do with the soundboard is start doing drops of all, like all people we know yes. who are on and they say something stupid. Yes. We'll do drops. It'll be great. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, Okay, the original question. What am I working on? What are you working on right now, work-wise? And what is your role? Because, again, you wear a thousand hats. And we're going to get all two into a minute, but let's just get a a quickie. Let's get a quickie. I just worked on um, a couple celebrity shoots. One was for Numero yesterday, and then I worked on a variety shoot last week, and then I'm doing some album artwork next week. Um, And I was supposed to work on Super, Super Bowl Sunday for... Somebody who used to date Sean Mendez, but I am not going to be working on that job because, you know, hometown pride. Got to yeah. watch the the, the bowl. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. I hope, uh, they, I hope they win then, because then I know yeah, it's going to be say, devastating. Yeah, you're going to make like uh, seven grand or whatever you're rated. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but it's it's fine. Who wants to be? I I thought about the fact that I'd be lugging gear around Hollywood and <laughs> everyone would be drunk and eating. You know. Not disgusting shows. food, yeah. and I was sad just thinking about. Yeah, that, and just so. for the listener, uh, Lil Kim came in knowing that she's recording a podcast with us, but she brought with her <laughs> more gear than we have. We actually have. She brought in a dad. <laughs> she brought in an yeah. amp. She brought in a, her own cans. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I can't imagine what your kit is like I at home, it. depending on depending on whatever job you're doing. I love it. I just thought, you know, just in case, I didn't she want to seem like we a were noob. Professional podcast. Didn't, oh, I didn't God. know. I didn't want to look noobish. So you thought we were professional? Oh, oh. <laughs> Sweet, sweet little Kim. Good lord. I appreciate that kind of I was sure there was an entire rig, like a sound booth that I go into. I open it and step inside. Yeah, you're Robin from Howard Stern. Yeah, Yeah. no, we'll get there. This is episode four. There was like a spit guard for my mic and stuff, all of those. We are turning this into two and a half Asians. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, I forgot. Yes, once again, like episode one. I'm on retainer. 
for yeah. just showing up to be, be the the two the two of the two. Two of yeah. the two. Just yeah, just like Larson's episode one. Once again, episode four, we have two and a half Asians between the three of us at this table. We're 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 progressive. <laughs> we just are. I like a minority. It. Yeah, the, the, just hitting those numbers real nice. <laughs> Census reports. Come at us. Um, you can be vague, but uh, anything interesting happen on any of these jobs? You don't have to, you don't have to be like, oh, that's just be like, oh, hey, this person did this, or this this disaster happened, or hair set on fire, yeah, no, or caught somebody uh, making out in the closet. No, I I wish I could say something was good on these shoots. I'm trying to think of one that even did the set set on fire. Or was that part oh, of the show? That has happened in the past to me. Um, nice. I won't name names, but I was on a shoot and. Um, somehow, unbeknownst to us, oh my god, and it's so funny because the shoot I was on yesterday, um, this, it happened to the sibling. It's a very famous oh. set of siblings, and their whole family is famous. Anyways, the whole point is, I was on the shoot with the sibling, and Olsen the Ellen Chrome <laughs> set on fire oh, during what? the shoot. What? Yeah, the sock or something had somehow set on fire, which caught onto the Ellen Chrome, and then the oh uh, my God. either the internal baffle or something like set on fire while we were there. And I remember the talent was sitting on a chair in front, and I was looking at the <laughs> uh, screen, uh, and all I heard was, nope, 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 and she just got up and like but, walked away, and I look up, and the whole thing's just fire. in flames. That's amazing. Yeah, um, but that's, that's the only recent thing I can think of that was. So like, studios. So now whenever I work with her, yeah. I bring it up. Like, remember when that set was on fire, and she was like, oh, hashtag never forget. She always says yeah. it whenever I meet and, up Yeah, her you again. also bring a fire extinguisher from now on, now along ready, with your many, many other yeah, things. That's, yeah, all the <laughs> yeah. producer He's things. now in the kit. A fire extinguisher to the kit now. Let's see, Advil, yeah, yeah. bug spray, yeah. fire extinguisher. Yeah, Got sunscreen. It. Got it. Sunscreen. Always sunscreen. No sunscreen. one ever brings sunscreen. No, yeah. everyone brings sunscreen. Oh, I never bring sunscreen. People I always, don't, I'm always asking for it. People don't bring like uh, you know like tampons or something. I don't bring sunscreen. I have tampons here. That's I, good. I mean, before I that's, moved in with Jamie, I, that's a I big, used to always have yeah, them. Yeah, that's a big I was one. Like, just in case. I feel like that's one that's a very thoughtful and considerate thing to have. Yeah, I was like that, and like. Q-tips. It's bougie. When yeah. I go to a studio and I see tampons, I'm like, "You are a good studio." Slow clap time. Yeah. Slow is, clap. They've thought of it. Yeah, they've, they've done their due diligence. Because some studios don't even have soap. So yeah, you know. toilet paper. Or toilet yeah, paper. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah, well, like guys. doors for their bathrooms. Yeah, yeah, milk is really sliding. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's it, a new they're, vibe they're, they're going for it's these a really, days. It's very Speaking bohemian. of which, welcome yeah. to our next sponsor, <laughs> Milk, Milk Studios. Studios. <laughs> this just in has pulled their sponsorship. <laughs> Not funny jokes. That's so great. Um, uh, so it sounds like you've been doing like uh, magazine work, gallery work, um, and a lot of like celebrity work. Uh, yeah, album work. A lot of. Is that musicians. what you've been doing a lot lately in the last couple of years, or is it? You, it really is this bounce between it's fashion and, and. Yeah, it's a lot of entertainment work recently, which is great because mm. there was a long hiatus, I would say, like right before the pandemic that I wasn't doing it. Um, and I think I was having a little bit of a job transition for a while to try to see if um, I could get out of the entertainment hole because mm. um, it wasn't working for me. But now I'm in it again and I'm really happy and I'm working with, I think, the caliber of talent that I was hoping to in the past, but I wasn't hitting it. Mm -hmm. So um, so yeah, it's good. I, it's a little taxing on the body, but uh, Right. This career is... Uh, it's taxing on the body. Career, yeah, yes. this career, yeah, it's either taxing on your brain or you're, it's taxing on yeah, your body. That's what I was saying last last week about Miami. It's like, it was, so the actual shoot was three days straight. But he also cut his arm wide open. Yeah, <gasps> ran into power bar. Wait, do you have his car? Shut up. Not really, it's fine. 
Oh. Listen to the episode, it's, it's, it's harrowing. Oh, God. But like, <laughs> it was 14 hour days and I could, I'm like, especially in the Miami sun, I'm like, and, and, and by the way, it's only January. You're right, scorching. I could not do, like, it was exhausting. I'm like, oh, I'm just getting old. Yes. It just catches up with me. I you. see it all the time and I'm always mm-hmm. like, how much more can I sustain this life is yeah. really the question. I, yeah. I'm thinking back on the people I work with who really are like lifers per se mm-hmm. and I'm like, Either they've sacrificed a part of their life that I don't want to, which is like personal life, mm-hmm. and they are just, you know, roguishly like doing their thing and like it doesn't matter, or they're also like getting out of it. Like yeah. a ton of my friends are just hitting that spot where they're like, you know, my personal life is more important, I gotta get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, is it an age thing or is it just how many years they've been in the business thing, regardless of age? Yes. <laughs> yes. I just think I, you just come to that point where you either realize like I'm gonna stick with it or it's uh, you know uh, I, it's it's time to it's always whenever I talk to somebody who's changed they're like oh um, I'm gonna do a complete 180 like a good friend of mine went into a mortgage brokerage he moved oh, to Austin left the whole thing like, really left out. it all together I had a really good friend who was a pro department at Sammy's and she and I were even in cahoots to try to open up a studio, I would say five, six years back, um, and left that, she went to Wall Street. Like, it's all, they either just go, you know, 180 and take some other career, or they just stick with it. Yeah. Um, But it's a bit of a, this is a, but I digress. Yeah, no, but that's interesting because I I often wonder like what that future would be for me if I were to to, to step away. It's like, I think I'd be an amazing agent, but we can talk about, you are an agent. We're gonna get into that, (laughs) we're gonna get into the Wayback Machine in a second. Well, uh, I think I think too. Like uh, you know, I I feel like our industry it's always the marathon game. Like it's never, it's never like the quick. All right, I hopped in. I make a ton of money and like. Yeah. It's not like know, crypto. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, by the way, by the way, Lokim, you, you won't know this, but uh, we're trying really hard to not make half of each episode about, about crypto, crypto and NFTs. <laughs> we're trying, trying really hard. Trying to wean ourselves yes, off yes. the crypto. Yeah, well, is this a photography good. podcast or, or wow. sorry, is this a fashion oh, it's podcast crypto. or is it crypto? We're, yeah. we're, we're crypto.com. It could be life. a side a side uh, podcast. Yeah. Speaking of our next sponsor, crypto.com. I have started something. I so wish I didn't bring any of my like my audio gear and just yeah. brought a little xylophone like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I always think like I, it's the way I always try to explain to people where they're just like oh you know how did like like even just general success being in the industry I was like it's a marathon game I'm like the longer you can last in this thing I'm yes. like it will run you like it yeah. runs you physically Touché. emotionally like psychologically it just it yeah. does the whole range on yeah, you yeah because it's, it's completely unpredictable mm-hmm. and it's fear based because you don't know when your next job is or you, you know you don't know when you're going to be able to so spend true. that time with your family that you want to you don't know to be able to go to the thing like oh we're all going away do I get to go or mm-hmm. I can't go right. you do massive miss job out. FOMO yeah. yep. you get all of that that's it. It's, it's a big deal. So I had a question. So you said um, right now you're kind of in entertainment and, and doing a little bit of celebrity work and it's working for you, whereas you had been doing it, I don't know, however many years prior uh, or recently, and it, you're kind of like wasn't quite up to necessarily what you wanted the standards to be. What, broadly speaking, like what wasn't working before in that genre? Um, I guess it would have to like delve back into the past a little bit, but... I had um, been an agent and worked under an agent who predominantly dealt in the entertainment realm. And yeah. I was like, oh, I'm so attracted to being in that side of the business, entertainment, you know? Um, so I was like, let me try my hand doing that and see if it can like parlay into more, um, just submerging myself more into that realm. And I think um, it was much less hands-on 
in that sense than I thought it would be. And uh, it was wonderful to like say that I had worked on those projects, but they didn't really um, pan out to something where I could be like proudly talking about the work that I had done in the way. Because it was, when you're an agent, you're proud in a sense for the artist, but it's mm -hmm. not really your job, yeah, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. you, you made a couple phone calls. Correct. Another, yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, I worked on, you know, so-and-so, like mm -hmm. a movie poster or something, and you're like, but it's not really, you're not actually in that inner circle where you can say that. It was yeah. just more like an artist yeah. I represented did this. And like, um, I, I think it wasn't it wasn't for me. It so was part what, of the part. what has been your role then Within recently, where you have been actually pretty satisfied. Um, so I because again, you do many things. So yeah, exactly, <laughs> totally, totally, totally. Um, luckily, I've been able to like link up with some photographers who only work in that entertainment space. So I digitech for them a ton, and then um, you know, uh, last year I got to wonderfully work um, on a giant campaign as a producer, and it involved it was a nonprofit, which was even you know like mm -hmm. icing on the cake, but. A ton of celebrities um, came on to like donate their time and their energy and create this amazing campaign, and I produced that, and I felt so um, empowered and I felt really good about it. And that was like, oh, I've, I've reached it, like where mm -hmm. I can do work that I feel is really fulfilling and um, it's satisfying and creative, mm -hmm. and all those it hits all the key points. You know, you've got a little bit of a budget, you've got great people working with you, you've got an exciting um, creative deck that you can be proud of, and it reaches the masses in a way that isn't phony or, uh, right. you know, it, you're just proud of the work in general. And that's like, what more can you ask for? Lil' Kim, <laughs> I have here that you got your start running Black Ops wet work missions out of the former <laughs> Soviet Union Eastern Bloc countries. Sick. So my question is, is, <laughs> is killing like breathing for you now? Or do you still feel something when you watch that light fade in their eyes? And extinguish. The only thing I can think of is that there are, my name is really common, like sand. So whenever people are like, I found you on Instagram, and I'm like, I'm not even on Instagram. And like, it says Kim, fashion photographer. And I'm like, that's not me. Like, it. Well, because uh, every photographer doesn't have their own freaking photo on there. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I mean, my own. ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, Kim Tran didn't yeah. sound like a name that everybody might possibly have, like John Smith. You John just immediately Smith. thought, like, yes, yeah. yes, LA-based Kim Tran. That's clearly you. Like, yeah. there's no other. There's no other. In a city of 18 million, yeah. there's literally no other. So to that Black Ops Kim Tran out yeah. there, uh, yeah. stealing your identity right now. Um, no, but like, okay, let, let us truly bring back. Again, uh, we've, we've, we've teased it several times. You wear many hats. What was... First off, let's quickly run through everything you've ever done. Meaning, like, like I know, I know. Here's the thing: I know you back as a, in elementary. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I was born in the area. So I actually know you primarily as a digitech, and right. then. I was asking for some producer names, uh, not, not too recently, but Shinny's like, uh, Shinny. Oh my gosh, I should call you Shinny. <laughs> you should call me Shinny. Baby Shinny. Shintani. Hey, Shinny. Oh, that's my little Shinny. pet name for you now. Oh, Shin Shin. Oh, Shin Shin. Not only do I have questions corner, I'm going to be called Shinny. Shinny, I love that. <laughs> um, then he's like, oh, Lil' Kim produces. I'm like, Lil' Kim produces. And, and then he told me you're an agent, yes. and now, like, it's like, that, or you were an agent, or maybe yeah. you still are. And now you're uh, clearly an equipment lugger PA. Whore. Equipment whore. <laughs> <Seriously. Yeah. laughs> here, here's, here's the thing. I met you on your birthday at, at Jumbo's Clown Room. Oh, yeah. That was, 
That was the first time I no. met you. No, no, no. You met us you at, met the at the Smashbox Smash party. Hub. I forgot about that. Yes. We both met her. Yes. At the Smashbox holiday party. It's true. That was the first. You met the her for the holiday party. Yes. Okay, so no, this this goes yes. to my thesis, which I'm about to say is okay. First off, forgot about that. Must have had a great time at Smashbox. You did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the open bar. The greatest. This this this, this drives to my point. Was it on? Was it in Venice? Highlight or? of a holiday party. It was in. No, Coliseum. it was at uh, yeah. Bigfoot Lodge. Bigfoot, yes, Bigfoot that's, West. Yeah. 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 That, that was when you met her. Yes. Yeah. Because we were we were bonding over Lafroy and uh, Top Shelf whiskey because it was open yes. bar. Okay. Yes. That, well, that that goes yes. to my point then, which is which and we is, have mutual friends. Howdy, Which Guadalupe. Is well, I remember Thank you, Lupe. The Lupe. meeting you on your birthday. Well, I guess meeting you for the second time on your birthday at Jumbo's, and like <laughs> my annual. But like you, Very like annual. immediately were like, "Hey!" And okay, apparently, you met me before. But <laughs> <laughs> you acted like you knew me, <laughs> but you were like immediately. You were like, gave me a hug, and like, let's do shots. And like, granted, you were having a good time, it's, but like, yeah. you like. I don't know. It just you treated me immediately like oh we just it was just so matter of fact like oh, oh. we've just been friends for fifteen years. Oh, that's sweet. And like we had met at Bigfoot. Yeah, West. like we had met perhaps a month, and, and month, had a few weeks prior <laughs> and had a grand old yeah. time together. But with apparently not important friends. enough for password to remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, Shout out to our other sponsor. <laughs> Ding, ding, ding. I'm just gonna run through this. Oh my gosh, Jumbo should sponsor us. One hundred percent. Every listener Jumbo's. needs to go to Shout Jumbo's. Out to everyone. I feel Jumbo's, Jumbo's is like that's a rite of passage it for LA. It is an institution. Yeah, it's it, one of the greatest places on the planet. Yeah, on the yeah. planet, yeah. hands down. Mm-hmm. Wherever you've traveled, mm-hmm. whatever uh, burlesque bar or, or yeah. anything of that nature you've Does been to, doesn't close. come yeah. close. Doesn't hold a candle. And to listener, the, again, it's called. We have one listener, by the way. Yeah. Listener, it's called Jumbo's Clown Room. Do the math as to what happens in a place like that. Although it is not a strip bar. It is not. It is not. It is much to people's uh, surprise and our chagrin, clearly. But (laughs) it is not. And it's it's actually quite classy for as ridiculous and kitschy as it is. And it is ridiculous and kitschy. It's amazing. For sure. It's amazing. But like I can't praise it enough. You are just so warm and wonderful, and you always have been in like like I we haven't hung out like a thousand times. But in the time we have, it, it's, I mean, even it's to sit great. down now, yeah. it just... You invite oh. me to your birthday. I did, yes. Also at a clown-ish place yeah, two-bit of sorts. Circus. Yeah, two-bit circus. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you're, you're just so wonderful. I can't, I can imagine this is, in addition to your amazing technical skills and apparently a thousand different jobs, <laughs> this must really, really help and endear uh, clients to you because who wouldn't want to work with this ball of sunshine right here? So my oh, question is, so how sweet. did you get to be so awesome? And then <laughs> follow up, then what did you decide to, to kind of go into this this whole industry? Um, that's so sweet. I, I probably got awesome by offering my clients, you know, alcohol at the end. <laughs> shoots, that's, that's, okay. that's good enough, by the way. <laughs> yeah, at the end, when I, usually if I produce and it's a good time, I do like to roll out some some liquor. But it's uh, that that does help. That does endear mm-hmm. you to people. Rule number yeah. one in the industry. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I've been in it a long time, and I think uh, I've never thought about how one thing led to another because in some ways they're not really very um, related. Did you get your start in photography? Did you get your start like um, gripping? Like uh, yeah, I had uh, I got my college degree in advertising and in photography, and oh. in my 
dumb graduate self, I thought, oh, I'll try the photo site first, and if it doesn't work, the advertising can always be a a backup, a backup plan. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that that would work out. Just I mean, get into no, advertising. Like, like, just I'll get into I'll it. Just, it just yeah. walks in, yeah. and I can, yeah, exactly. I can just walk I mean, right like, in, and know, I'll get it. But when you're in school, you don't. I mean, like that's no what they, don't, they don't teach you. They don't any teach of you. School, yeah, like you know, common sense is yeah. not a class. Yeah. I yeah, I, I somehow thought like, let me try this, and if it fails, the advertising will be the like clear choice yeah. of a desk job. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, colleges, please. Teach your students better. <laughs> I literally, when I was finishing up my program, they gave me the workbook. Do you guys remember the workbook? No. It was no like, what is that? It was. It just had a bunch of commercial advertisers, like photographers, and they would put, you know, one is it or like two, Le Book? Like Le Book. Yeah, or yeah, like yeah. Like any of those, like any of the big, you know. Yes, yes. And it would have their like phone commercial numbers, things and just all commercial uh, ones, and it had the photographer and a phone number and maybe a website. Granted, this book was from nineteen like I was gonna say this is a, a, this is a throwback way of getting yeah. jobs back in the day. Yeah. You could actually call studios or call photographers yep. and be like, "Hi, I like your work. Can, can you, I get a job? I, can you hire me?" And now yeah. you slide yeah. in the DMs like, "Yeah, but yeah." And <laughs> I remember like, that's yeah. the advice they gave the guy. The guy that ran our dark lab, uh, darkroom lab, like gave me the book and was like, "Go through this, call every number, and get a job." And I was like, "What is this?" Oh, and yeah. it was like good old advertising, days. and I was like. Why do I care about advertising? I'm an artist, bro. Yeah, I'm I an artiste. I love it. Oh, the thought that process easy. that goes through a college student's mind. Yeah, Indeed. truly. So, You're like, I want to do better. Yeah. I don't need the the commercial part of this. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so, but yeah, yeah, I, I, so yeah, I, I decided like, let me do that. And um, at the time, uh, I was working as a camera salesman. Um, rest in peace, Ritz Camera. But I was oh, a, yeah. a Ritz Camera salesperson. Where was this? What, what part of the country? Um, in Orange County. I'm yeah. a California mm. native, so yeah, I grew up in Orange County and had amazing coworkers. Loved that job. Probably to date, still my favorite job I've ever had. We just messed around, and I learned how to print film photos there. Used the cool. labs, the Fuji labs back then, and. Um, learned how to sell cameras and um, I got salesperson of the month two months in a row no clue how I did it I literally just talked about cameras I liked I didn't think about any of the commission parts of things and I just was like this is a great camera did you give your customers alcohol after you made the sale (laughs) (laughs) because because I should have I 100% should have been as a kickback like buy this and we're both doing shots yeah then we'll go in the parking lot (laughs) (laughs) in my trunk I got some lovely Corvassi that's gonna make it worth it for you. I 100% should have done that. That's a tip to kids. Yeah. Sell by doing by, by, an incentive. Yeah. Yeah, it's incentive. incentive. Sell by incentive. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so but what, yeah, that's what where happened I, after Ritz? Uh, I, I had some weird track off where I created a small clothing company for a little while. You Jesus, know, you have done everything. I have done everything. Oh my God, if Wait, I could so talk about... Wait, so you went cameras and then advertising. Oh my God, I've done a little <laughs> bit of everything. I was a salesperson. I once was the photographer for the um, Vintage Auto Racing Association. I've photographed... Um, uh, I was with uh, Bob Knight Photos and photographed grads for a living. So when it became my turn to grad- graduate, I got my grad photos for free because it was literally my coworkers shooting me oh my uh, God, during my walk up to the podium. Um, yeah, I've done a lot of crazy related, unrelated I, yeah. things. So, so yeah. where's the timeline that goes up into production, digitaking. Yeah. When, um, when do you go truly pro? Right, right, right. So, okay, so what I had done in that whole interim um, in between the clothing line, all those things I had dabbled, um, I was a wedding photographer for 10 years and oh, I shit. had done it um, in part uh, by winding film for a um, 
Hasselblad photographer who was only a bar and bat mitzvah photographer. And I would show up and I remember, um, for those of you who don't know because they're not watching this, I'm Asian. Well, no, you know, because it's two and a half Asians. It is two and a half Asians. So I would show up and they would be like, uh, the Chang wedding is downstairs. I don't know what you're doing here at this bar mitzvah. But yeah, I would photograph these bar and bat mitzvahs. Um, and when, well, like, when did you like, all right, th- here's the device. Yes. So I had done that for 10 years. And then um, once the advent of digital came around um, and my clients started asking me, like, why would I pay you X thousands of dollars if Uncle Joe has the same camera as you? I yeah. realized that that was the time when you were like, okay, you're, it's Ooh. a different era. It's a different People are, you know, the digital thing has made it accessible to the masses. I'm not blaming that at all. It just was like having to explain myself um, and the credibility that comes with it or the work that I can do versus, you know, having that gear. Um, it was difficult. So yeah, I spent one final year being a photographer uh, for destination only weddings. I thought, I'm just going to go out with a bang, and I'm only going to do destination weddings. So I did that for a year, and then I finally was like, I'm done, and then went to L.A. and was like, let me try my hand at this. And I assisted very, very briefly for an amazing, amazing lighting tech named Eric Larson. Um, He was so sweet. I had attended a lecture um, for, I can't remember if it was Art Stryber or some other amazing name in the industry, but he was Eric Larson was that photographer's first assistant. And when I went to go talk to the photographer, he was like, you know, I love your gusto. Go talk to my first. He'll get you on some jobs. Nice. So I assisted for Eric Larson very briefly. And I am tiny. I'm like all of well, 100 pounds. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> and five foot nothing. I'm probably like 4'11 now with, you know, the age. But <laughs> I, um, but, uh, I, uh, I remember we were working on a shoot and he asked me to put up a 20 by with him and (laughs) my arms were shaking like jello as I tried to push up this like gigantic stand and he came to me after the shoot and he was like what is it that you really want to do because I don't think assisting is the life for you shaking like a leaf throwing up a 20 by he was like this is is not for you Um, that's cool though because you got to to learn that was a crash course it was a crash Mm -hmm. course that's so cool uh, he was so sweet very patient let me just try to learn the ropes and I remember once he was so nice about it I had I saw the boys running and they had like four sandbags at a time and I was like oh I gotta run at this pace so I put four sandbags on my oh arm my literally my weight that's 25 pounds a piece yeah. I'm 105 pounds that's and I weight. remember running trying to run with the four sandbags oh and um, Eric Larson was like you do not need to do this no. yeah. you gotta like pace yourself don't kill yourself over yeah. this it's not worth it he was a great great mentor and um, yeah he asked me what I want to do he was like come to the next shoot um Look around at everybody. Pay attention to what they're doing, and uh, you, you, tell me what it is that strikes your fancy at the end. And I remember going, and it was a Progressive Auto Insurance commercial, and nice. um, I, I saw this guy sitting there uh, at the computer station, and I was like, "That's the job. That's the job I want to do." And yeah. I came back to him, and he nice. was like, "Where do you want to work?" And I was like, <laughs> "I want to work at a studio, you know, like Milk or something." And he's like, "Uh." I'm gonna get you into Smashbox. So yeah, yeah I became a tech over oh, at so Smashbox. That's, that's you've been with, you've been I'm not with been with Smashbox obviously, <laughs> but you've been in with Smashbox that long. Correct. It was uh. um, it was so long ago. In fact, that it wasn't even the Smashbox in Culver City. It was a Smashbox in WeHo, yep. which is now known as Coyote Studios yep. in West Hollywood. Um, it was a Smashbox when I started, and mm-hmm. 
yeah, they, they took me in. I remember my first day I walked in and they were like, oh, are you the new retoucher? And I look in at the room and it's five girls sitting at the table retouching. And I was like, actually, I'm with you, sweaty, smelly boys. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, the yeah. digitech. Like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they were so great. They took me in and I learned about gear and I learned about like the whole system and the process. Yeah, so for the li- for our listener who, who may be uninitiated, can you tell us exactly what a, what a digital tech or digitech does? Oh my uh, God, does? I wonder if I'm qualified to even give you it, even though I've done it. Yeah, I guess the way I like to explain it is you are in charge, just like your job digital technician uh, states, you are in charge of all the technical aspects. So the photographer can worry about all the creative, you know, you're the one who's checking to make sure the lights are firing, the picture is sharp, the color is correct, the... Um, he's not chopping off a hand or a foot or mm-hmm. something technical that's out of um, you know out of whack that so that the photographer could just focus on the creative part. You're watching all the other things, and in addition to that, you're making sure that you get the files and the assets out to the people that they need to be going to. You're basically the liaison between. Um, what happens on set to the final process, which means it goes to the uh, the retoucher uh, or right. the client at that point. So you're the last set of eyes. You're the final line of defense. I say that like yeah. you you make sure that things look as they are, um, and you have to kind of be the the gatekeeper of that too. So if the client comes back and they were like, "Remember that shot we did with the parrot?" and where is that? You know, you yeah. have to remember where that file is, what happened to it. You know, you. You're very much the the librarian, the keeper of, yeah. of that information. Yeah, so. organizing the uh, the metadata specific to how the 100%. photographer's workflow is, and it file could change. Correct. You know, file, file naming, yeah. asset delivery, Imagine. naming, uh, processing. Yeah. You know, you're the one who handles all of that. It's a very necessary. Uh, part of the plan, but not a lot of people know that it exists. Yeah. Yeah. The and job is which, is which is I always tell like other photographers too. I was like, Digitech is Digitech, and having the right one is very important especially taking care of them when you're with them on set, because not only is that line of communication just as important as the first assistant, but that in the same token, yeah, you are on the last line of defense. Like, like when you're shooting, you're not exactly seeing final image, like while it comes out. Yeah. So you could be catching blinks without knowing, you could be catching weird off stu- like you know, off shifts of things. I'm like, yeah. I, I used to remember when I was teching too, like, you know, you, like if you're running a set that has seven lights going off, and one light goes off. Your that's your job is to like alert people. Yeah, yeah. Like tell the first, like let's go. Or make yeah. sure you do plates. Get sure that you've got mm-hmm. the backup so that the retoucher also has the correct components to do their job adequately. You know, you want to make sure that everyone's job is streamlined from one part to the next because we all are working together to make yeah. one image. Yeah. So, Which and, is and as an optic for the listener, like so the the the. the Photographer is shooting. There is a tether cord connect that connects his camera <laughs> right. to the computer station. That's why. That's why she says computer it's... station. Uh, and so you're watching. We're watching the photos come in live. You got clients over your shoulder, yep. making notes, marking things. Uh, so that's just kind of the art director hovers like. by you. Yeah. And you like. can also tell a digitech when they wrap coil, uh, <laughs> when they wrap their cords in coil. Yeah, like that. yeah. Uh, tell the listener what you're looking at right now. I can't help it. Out of all of us right now, you can tell who the photographers are here right now because this shit looks like we have no digitech here to help us. Yeah, our digitech. Yeah, her microphone cord is very nicely. I can't help it. I once got told by a photographer that he would hire me because I knew how to wrap cables correctly. It was. It's not a big deal. It's not to be underappreciated. It's a big deal. Hey, crew. 
Shantani and I wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening. We um, actually tried recording a few of these spots or breaks last episode, but um, let's just say downing half a bottle of whiskey first does not help for coherent recordings. So uh, for now, you just get my nasally drone. Setting aside our fledgling alcoholism, if you're enjoying I Shoot LA, please consider following the show. Following the show really helps that almighty algorithm so that others can discover us too. Please don't be shy with that five-star rating, as again, every bit helps us. Finally, a reminder, you can always email the show with any questions you have under the bleaching hot LA sun about photography or the fashion industry here in our city of angels. Don't have hands? Leave a voice message for the show and we'll play it on the air. Links to both in this episode's description. All right, back to the show. So how long did you Digitech for? I mean, I, I, you could, you still kind of do it probably. I, I, yeah, so my first run, I would say, yeah. I wasn't really heavily involved in the Digitech-ing, um, but w- while I was at Smashbox, I was more kind of a gear girl, and I would say it would be instrumental to what I was doing, but like learning how to pack jobs so that the Digitechs can go out and have all the gear that they needed. I did that, you know, I want to say for like three or four years, uh, mm. yeah, at Smashbox. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was great. It was a great environment. You got to meet a ton of people, and I have producers that I knew then that I still work with now. Um, um, and and it was a great environment to be immersed in getting to see what all the components are of a photo shoot. So you were nearby a studio, and yet you were in the digital part of it, and uh, it, it was great. Yeah, but I I only sporadically did it then for right. a few years, and then producing. So yeah, so right, when, right, when right. So, oh my God, yes. And I get asked all the time the trajectory of my career. Um, people are always asking me like, oh my God, how did you get to doing what you're doing? And I'm like, my story would definitely not work for you because it is a very <laughs> weird roundabout way, but that should talk about the serendipity of this industry. Um, I, uh, a woman came into the studio and I recognized her name because she was running a photo class that I had been trying to save up to attend. It was called The Business of Photography. Her name's Lee Anderson. She's an incredible agent, and um, she's been my mentor the entire time. Um, she she walked into the studio to rent some gear, and I recognized her name, and I told her that I had been uh, really like dying to be a part of her class, and that she was teaching an aspect that I thought was very undervalued. You know, the business part of photography is so not talked about, you know, in the industry. And that is so important. Understanding contracts, understanding how to read and write your rights and like, you know, all those things. That's, you know, like that's where your money really is going. Like if you have a billboard and you've signed off your rights, you don't understand how to read a contract, you've just lost a ton yeah. of uh, compensation. But she had walked into the studio that day and we, I told her I'd love to keep in touch and we did. And one day she called me and she just took a chance. She was like, I think you'd be an amazing agent. Would you quit your job and come work with yeah. me? And yeah. I did, I quit my job and I went to become a junior agent under her. We were at Art Mix Creative, uh, also rest in peace, but it was an mm. incredible agency. Uh, I think they hit 20, won 25 years um, in the in the realm and had some amazing artists in the meantime. And uh, yeah, I was there during the latter years, but it was a really eye-opening experience understanding all of the back-end process, you know, not the creative part at all, understanding how to read contracts, write them, understanding how to talk to art directors and photo editors, and understanding how to negotiate um, and produce. Uh, that That's what actually led me to producing. I was an agent and I... I was okay at it. I, 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 that's probably tooting my horn too much. I wasn't very good at it. I didn't understand 
I find that hard to believe. <laughs> it was, I, I think people, funnily enough, a lot of people only know me as an agent and I, I would get calls after I quit being an agent. I got calls about asking, people asking me to come represent them. Um, and I really appreciated that, but I knew I, I didn't like it as much as I thought I should. And, and um, during that time that I did it, um, I really hustled and I think that's why people thought I could do it well. Right. Mm -hmm. I hustled really hard. I remember one day there was a, uh, Lee sent me a, an artist we had just signed and he was really young and I was young and we were both nobodies in the industry. No clients, no nothing whatsoever. And she was like, find him people to get uh, meetings with. And he was like, let's do this. And so I sent out no less than 100 emails that day. He said he was going to Boston for a meeting. And I was like, I'm going to get you more meetings. So I sent out every single shoe company. I like spent the entire day researching art directors and creative directors and anything I could. And um, I remember the funniest thing, this is uh, the only imparted impart wisdom that I could give this podcast, is that I sent an email to so many people, even like underlings. I think it was like a graphic designer or something that I sent to Puma. Roster. I sent, yeah, I sent this email out, a PDF that I had made of this one artist, and I sent it to this graphic designer, and she, of all people, reached back out to me, and she was with Puma, and she was like, I love this kid's work, I'm gonna send it to my art director, and we're gonna get you a meeting. And it somehow traveled up the line and he got a meeting with Puma and nice. some art directors Whoa. and creative directors based on this graphic designer. So Holy never cow. belittle, nice. never belittle somebody's job, uh, you know, because yeah. they're the ones who will read your email. Yeah. Let's be honest, yeah. you know, did when you, you get too high up the line. Did they you won't. take did you Bring that graphic that, designer alcohol. Oh my that. god, 100 percent Send me your address. I'm sending you a gift package. I mean, maybe today. I want to go back and, and, and thank that. Yeah, she was great. I I I never. So as an agent, were you mainly repping photographers, or was it um, like kind of like uh, you know, art department does like stylists and makeup artists and and you know. Uh, funnily well, enough, when I yeah, when I first mix. got there, yeah, art mix. I was yeah. a hair and makeup and okay. stylist uh, rep because their rep had just left. So I somehow fell into that for a hot minute. Um, and I apologize to all the artists that I've read during that time because I literally had no clue what I was doing. Um, but I tried my best, and I do know that I made some connections with some of them. But, um, you know, if I could go back now, I, I would do a much better job. I just didn't understand the realm of what I was getting myself into at that time. So but, but what, yes. what, what led you to leave that industry? Uh, no. Uh, field? Yeah, so I, I, when I transitioned uh, from being a... Uh, what is it? A stylist agent to a photo agent. Um, the uh, uh, I got let go actually, um, but the agency closed about a year or two after I yeah. left. That's so probably, that's it was they were chopping. Uh, yeah. yeah, they were yeah. cutting yeah. cutting some salaries. But um, they. Uh, I think I realized at that point that I really liked producing. So I told Lee again, so instrumental to my growth. She was like Walter Shoop for management would be wonderful, and I know that they're hiring. A producer because their producer is about to leave um, uh, he went to the client side so yeah uh, so I interviewed and got in and I've been producing ever since I, I, I went to do a short stint over at Walter Schufer I wish I had gotten to stay longer but they were also in a bit of a transitional phase mm -hmm. opening up a studio uh, I'm sorry a west side location since mm -hmm. they're New York based yeah um, but it was tough I uh, the agent I worked under also left after a year or two. Uh, Is this no, a year. Like early 2010s? This was. Billy Kidd's still there? 
Hey, Walter, Billy Kid. Billy Kid, yeah, yeah. he's still there. Love um, Billy. Hi, Billy. He was great. No, but New York based. Never got to work with him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, he 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 left. Uh, he, he's wonderful. Jean Marc Lamont. He Lamont. He like worked with me, and he went to Midnight Oil. So he went to the client side, mm-hmm. um, and there was basically no agent for me to work under, and therefore yeah. I had to leave there too. Yeah. Um, but I loved it. I I wished so badly then and now that I could have stayed longer. It was yeah. a great experience. I loved it there. So what what happened next? Uh, then I kind of took a little hiatus and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I tried to think about going back into agenting. I went on a bunch of uh, interviews and, uh, uh, yeah, giant artists, um, uh, a bunch of other, uh, what is that? Uh, there's a, I can't recall the name now, but it has like, uh, uh, like initials in it, but a bunch of agencies. I went to, uh, you know, interview at a bunch of them and I was like, no, I, in the end I was like, I really don't want to be an agent. Um, I do want to produce, but it wasn't a good time. I think I, I, I just didn't hit the, they weren't looking for producers at the time, which is yeah. how I lost my job to begin with. Like it was an agent heavy time. They wanted people to bring in money, not Spend. I think yeah, as a, yeah, as a producer, you're spending well, did you, money. Did you notice that there was a shift though? I feel like uh, I remember around the early 2010s though too. Like yes, there was, there was a shift in agencies Correct. where there was like this. There was this, there was a weird market shift where there was a bunch of new agencies coming out. Uh, kind of the same with modeling agencies in the last like you know five years. But yeah. I feel like there was a bunch of agencies like coming out. There was a lot of shifts in budgets that you were hearing like so through different. the rumor mill everywhere. Yes. And I feel like that's where it was where like a lot of agents were like getting either let go or they're just making their own agency at some point. Yes. It got really watered It was kind of an exodus in a yeah. way. And yeah. I think like a lot of the larger agencies who had a high overhead needed to find agents because they were like the way to fix this problem is to bring in more money and agents in essence, the direct connect is that they bring in more money. I think as a producer, you do bring in money as well, but the job has to be there for you to yeah. bring in the money. It's yeah. a very back-end way of bringing money. If you present me with a $100,000 budget and I only spend 80000 of it, or perhaps I spend and I skim, shush, shush, this, is not, <laughs> this doesn't happen. But yes, there's a way for agencies to make money, yeah. but on the back-end as a producer. It's just hard, though, because we don't bring in the jobs. We just facilitating the money based on the jobs that are brought into us. But yeah. I would also say, like, ask this, though, like, when, as a producer-wise, do you do you run the budget or do you try to be Golden Star under the budget? Or does the budget run us? Um, uh, exactly. I, <laughs> I think it has to do with both. There are, you, I, I, well, let me backtrack. I think that as a good producer, you always are looking at the bottom line. That's important. Mm-hmm. I can't. I think I can proudly say that I've never gone over in a sense unless there's been some sort of an emergency or something. Yeah, um, like a beer run. You're like, oh, we need more. We need more rice. Something, yeah. yeah, something major, unexpected, and unplanned for. Um, but I, I know. I think a bunch of listeners might also say that as a producer, you're supposed to plan for the unpredictable. We, but- have, we have one listener, so don't worry. <laughs> Well, another question too, with, like, and so there's a, a secondary to that though. Is like, do you ever see the? I mean, I've I've ran into this issue with just clients, but do you ever run into the issue where like if you do run under, they expect the under? Correct. That's true. It's uh, if anybody yeah. watches The Office out there, yeah. it's about like the lemonade stand and mm-hmm. overages. Um, but yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. You have to toe the line between getting enough money that you can safely produce with and also trying to do a good enough job where you're like, look at this, I did X amount under, you know? It's a very proud moment. But 
I also have hit budgets like right in the head, like right on the nose, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I think as long as you're not going over, they're fine. But yeah. as a producer, you're constantly also juggling the fact that you're like on your second or third estimate where you're like, cut it more, cut it more, yeah. cut it more. Yeah. I worked on a job recently. I even didn't get the job, which is crazy, but I bidded on a job and they asked me to jump crazy hoops. Um, like they would give me a budget and they were like, it's eight looks for X amount of dollars. And then they were like, oh, sorry, actually, it's the same budget, but triple the amount of looks, like 25 yeah. looks. Isn't that how they always and, do it? Though? Right. And you're like, get it done. And then they came back at me on the third run after I had already met that. And they were like, oh, we also need you to do COVID testing for the same rate <laughs> with that amount of looks, no extra budget. And I still came in correctly in that budget and then I lost the job. So what's crazy is because you know what someone came under you, and which and this Precisely. is and this is the one thing that I always, I, I, it, it bugs it bugs me so much to see how the industry has shifted into that direction where clients now control production. Where I was like, I, and, it's, and it's it's because of fast fashion, because of all these new companies coming out. I don't know if you've noticed this, but like, yes, clients now are trying to dictate your job as a producer, which is what your expertise is. And right. so they're like, well, we should be able to make this work for this amount of money because when we just started, mm, that's right. what we made happen with our right. buddies in the in the garage right. of a place, yeah, right. right? And I'm like, well, yeah, no, if you still want garage images, rock and roll, but <laughs> like- Trying to elevate the game here. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're asking yeah. for full production now, yeah. and this is what we do. This is definitely like, felt across all, yeah. all, all genres. But I think know? that's your job as the liaison to like, mm-hmm describe to them what it's going to. I'm not yes. burning your money like in some yeah. pit somewhere. Yeah. I'm literally being like, hi, these people need to eat. Like maybe you were yeah. serving them bagels before, but that yeah. does not create a happy crew. You need some sustainability. You need, yeah. if you were working a 10, 12 hour day on bagels, how it's, would you feel? It's like, like It's like the pizza jobs. I don't know if you guys are aware. It's like pizza and subway, of course. Yeah, yeah, that's how I paid my crew, you know, in my humble beginnings. (laughs) But that was model mayhem days. Well, no, yeah, when when it's coming out of budget, when it's coming out of your own pocket, pocket. and it's like, uh, uh, you know, yourself doing something completely understandable because you're budgeting. But like, when you have a client that's worth, I don't know, $100 million, and they're like, hey, so we brought pizza for you guys today, I'm like, no. I was like, not like, I mean, I had a client who, legitimately was like a pizza yep. client. Yep. And when I first came in, they were like, oh, here's what we're gonna order. And I was like, no. Oh. And we had this whole discussion where like, well, it's not a budget. I was like, we're shooting swim. You need to have salads and healthier options. Because <laughs> yeah. right. not only am I retouching this, but like, like I'm like, girls get oily after mm-hmm. they eat. I'm like, I'm like yeah. humans just get oily after you eat yes. pizza. bloated. You get bloated, you get tired. There's yep. bags under the eyes. Oh, it's man. not like, aesthetically when good you, positive yeah. for you as a brand. Yeah, and we're here because of this, for yeah. this. Yes. Just so. for today. Help us help you. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And that's the other thing too. I don't know, like I always try to project this with clients, but I say, it's a one day shoot. Like this is this is what we've saved for. Yes. So yes. what I don't get is like you said, like these these companies are millions and millions of dollars, and it's like okay, just have your CEO not eat out lunch one, <laughs> one day, day this week, and it will cover everything. But they can't do that. Yeah. And it's so maddening. A lot of politics. Oh my god. Seriously. A lot of politics involved. Side story, but I, I can tell it later. It's what? Fine. It's no, fine. tell the story. No, 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 no. I'll have to censor it. Probably he'll be like, no. Well, you I mean, you don't out. have to. I hate these this client of mine. I de- definitely don't work with anymore. And if anyone, if, <laughs> Like, if anyone ever asks them. me about it, trash I would say no. I would say, Name do not that work client. With them. Name not that name. client. <laughs> we'll not name 
name them for a okay, lawsuit. Okay, well, what's the story? Oh, give us but the goods. Give us no, the goods. No, they, 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 uh, they owed me for the job, um, okay. you know, and it was a low-cut rate. I, I just wanted the client for the client, like, for the, name. the genre of the, yeah. the client. Um, we were behind, they were behind three months, and I was like, hey, we're coming into the end of the year. I need to file taxes, so you need to pay me. Um, and I saw him during the holidays traveling first class, private jet. <sighs> Back and forth to Europe. You knew this yeah. for a fact. I yeah. Oh, I was on the my. gram and I was like, wow, okay, that's cool. Casual, casual, casual. And I was like, so I, you know, continued touch base. And then at some point I was just like, all right, we have to go to small cl- like we have to go to litigation for this, because like <sighs> this is insane. I'm like, yeah. I'm watching you literally like shit on me yes. publicly. Yes. While yes. you owe me money. I was yes. like, you can literally just fly business class instead of first class or private. One day. And just give me my rate. Yes. Like it wasn't even a lot. I think we all have these stories. Yeah. I currently am sitting on a job, I'm talking like five years ago, that the client, a photographer I worked with, owes me money. And I don't, oh, for I'll the listeners. You, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she came here. Give me my money. She finally got you. There's she finally a photographer got you. <laughs> I worked for once. Yeah, not sitting here. Um, but yeah, yeah, we all have these stories. Um, and he not only had the audacity to not pay me, but asked me to rent gear on my dime. Yeah. Because he had sullied his reputation with them, and uh, and and yeah, so now I'm out my own money for gear rentals, and I'm out my rate, and. Uh, you know, we're still, I don't know, I want to be in good terms with him, but we yeah. all, for, for those listeners or the listener, uh, <laughs> we have, um, th- we don't, we get paid on net 30. I don't know if they know that, but yeah, yeah we do the work and we don't get paid for it. We Adjust just invoice and wait. God, I. I'm actually on a client right now. Uh, I shot it back in October. They're mm. based outside the United States, though. Mm. Uh, I paid, obviously, like my crew, which I have not Mm -hmm. been able to pay yet. Mm -hmm. I paid out of pocket $500 just to get a space so we can prep on the boardwalk. And it is... Waiting. Everything there. Oh, uh, uh, there's a problem with our accounting department. There's a problem with our bank. Yeah. And now they stop responding. Yep. It's the craziest thing sometimes. Part for the course. Yeah, because... Everyone has a a story. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. 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 So... Kim, you're now sorry, little Kim. Sorry. I'm sorry, I didn't use your preferred uh, nomenclature. <laughs> little Kim, um, little oh Kim. Um, what? So you're you're, you're freelance now. Uh, with it, still can probably you still do you still tech a bit? So I, yeah, that? so I kind of split my time. I would say maybe a little bit more 60, 70, you know, 74, 60, 40, 70, 30, something like that. But um, I tech a lot now. I, I think I found like a renewed like interest in it. It's um, exciting. I have massive OCD. So it really... Really? I wouldn't know by the <laughs> mountains of gear you brought. <laughs> the fact that you've coiled your... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah I, I, I love it. I think it kind of like exercises the... It turns my um, bad... I don't know. People could look on OCD as a bad habit. But yeah, it, it turns that, that, that thing into like a... Something productive. Yeah, into yeah. something yeah. that's useful. I, I, yeah, so it's, it's really fun. I've been working on like really exciting jobs, things that I'm like so proud to be a part of. Lots of like amazing celebrities and stuff that like I, I think the reason I got into this career was to try to like have those insider stories like yeah. I, I think people were really into it for the fame and the glam whatever I'm not really into any of that I don't even have social media but I love the insider stories about people who are really just people but like yeah. have an, yeah. a life that's so different from mine and I would love to see how it affects them you know you get to see such a varied insider part of this you know like understanding those celebrities who acknowledge you and like 
treat you as a, a part of a team or like those who don't and like the crazy drama that I get to use the stories for years mm-hmm. about. Yeah, like yeah. all of that to You'll me. You'll be telling most... many, many, many oh, stories yeah. in, I, in, just a, in just a few minutes. It's so cool. You know, everyone always asks you like name somebody who's not cool or name somebody who's yeah. like nice. Like that's the fun part to me. That's yeah. the whole reason for this yeah. whole thing. It's a different experience yes. every time you're well, on set. Well, she's a hit at dinners. That's why That's yeah. why we like her. She is. <laughs> Um, for so many reasons. <laughs> parting advice for those, either one, for those uh, aspiring Digitex or those aspiring producers, real quick, uh, what's, what's the log line advice? That's a really good question. I, um, I think a big thing that I'm trying to do, I actually need to, like, that reminded me that I need to reach out to some people, but they, I, I always... Um, <laughs> She's always working. She's always working. It's oh, Saturday. Yeah, that just reminded me. I, I do always recognize PAs and, like, people who are at the bottom of the totem pole, because I do remember not so very long ago when I was in the same, you know, we call them green positions, mm-hmm. but green hardworking hustlers who really just, you know, the one thing you can't be taught, I would say this is the best advice, the one thing you can't be taught is um, hardworking, predictability, predicting other people's needs is huge. When I see someone on set who's very um, willing and able and running to try to like, okay, like, we're running out of ice or the trash bag, the trash bag is full. I need to like get a new trash bag. Somebody who's predicting needs. Yeah. Just trash bags full, and then it It needs to already have been changed, correct. Before I come to you and tell you, like, hey, do these things, like, you've already had the foresight to predict that perhaps this is something that I'm going to ask you to do. Um, I can't teach that, and that is a big lookout for me. Whenever Mm -hmm. I notice somebody on set who's hustling, who has the intuitiveness to, like, think, think of those things. Or, you know, even if you don't, if you don't have the insight to know that, then I appreciate those who come to me and say, what would you like me to do next? You know, you can't teach somebody the ability to want to, the drive. Drive is huge. Um, yeah. I, you can't teach somebody that. And that, to me, is the biggest thing I look out for. Right. Um, in fact, there is a wonderful girl um, at Pier 59 in New York, and I was a producer for a shoot out there. And I remembered that I had a very big issue getting... Um, FedEx and Amazon packages in, there was some huge hoopla. And I remember most of the people at the front desk were just real blase about the whole thing. Didn't care, didn't, you know, oh, I don't know how, I don't know how to help you. But that one girl was like, let me get on this. And uh, she and I are still keeping in touch right now. She's moving out to LA, wants to work with me. And uh, she reached out via email. I'm going to go back to her. But like Mm -hmm. she... She sticks out in your mind. You cannot teach that amount of like um, gung ho yeah. desire in people, and that's what this industry needs. You have to have drive. There's no other way to get through this. That's the thing that you notice. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. if you well, don't have the experience, yeah. you better have the yeah. hustle. And, and, and gotta have the hustle. Do you ever get tired of being asked too many times? Because like I don't. I like I I, I, I tell like I mean for myself at least with assisting PAs and stuff like that. I'm always like they're like oh. You know, I feel like I reach out too much, and I'm like, there's no such thing. Yeah, I, like for me at least, I'm like, I will forget. Like I just yeah. genuinely will forget. You know. So, yeah. Um, so I have been doing this for you know over ten years now, and and every almost every month I get some random email or some random DM from some young kid saying, Hey, I would love to come assist you. Right. The, How the, can the I? typical thing. Yeah, and, and 99% of them come once, never hear from them again. Yep. Correct. Uh, or they, or my favorite one recently, and it's this effing generation, it's like, yeah, Thursday doesn't work for me. I'm like, I, that, I just delete it. I'm like, whatever, like, 
parent empowered this bullshit, yes. Yes. it's only yes. failing you. Yes. You know, yeah. probably the one who stands out most, Cooper Norland. Cooper Shout Norland. Cooper. Cooper, what's up, buddy? <laughs> he was like, what do I need to do? Like everything, what can I get for you? What can I do? How can I be there? I will change, I will, I will call into work just to come assist on your free test shoot. And now, you know, he's campaign photographer at Boot Barn, yep. you know, and all their Banging million other brands. And he's, he's doing great probably, things. like, he's amazing. That's what you need. Yeah, he's better than me. That's what so, you need. Um, he's better than all of us. Gotta I really hustle. love what you said, Lil' Kim. You know what the best thing about Lil' Kim? Is when you go within the industry wise, mm. every single <laughs> it's person. It's so true. Everybody That's knows. Funny. You walk into a, a grip room, a studio yeah, yeah, yeah. party, uh, anything industry wise, <laughs> and they go, they go, yeah. So who else do you know? You go, Lil Kim. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's the. It's <laughs> <laughs> That's the badger respect. All right. You, uh, you know good people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Indeed. But like the name, growing up, the name to drop, guys. Yeah, exactly. Everybody. That's how you get it's the, the parties. The name to drop. Yeah. yeah. It's the name to drop. Yeah, um, so my, my, my father growing up um, would always be very upset at me with the way I didn't do my chores. And uh, that w- which is to say, uh, I'm like, just tell me what to do. Right. do. You want me to mow the lawn? Then say you want me to mow the lawn. I will mow the lawn. And my mom took me aside, I don't know, nine, 10, for several years she had to say, it's like, he doesn't want to have to ask. Yes. You know it's Saturday. Yes. You know every Saturday the lawn gets mowed. Yes. He wants to just all of a sudden look out the window and you're mowing the lawn. He wants you to anticipate because you you live in this house. You know the things that need to be done by now and you're not five anymore. You need to just do them. And that, it took me a minute. Yes. Because I was kind of, you know, imperious. Like, just tell me what to do. I'm happy to do it. I want to contribute. I like, obviously, I need to earn my keep. I'm glad you were happy to do it. Yeah, no, I, was, right. I was not. You know, but, but like, that's, you only, to... that's only half of the yeah. half of yeah. The, yeah. the equation. But yeah. I'm like, you have to tell me to do it. And like, no, I don't. Yeah. And that took so long to sink in. And yeah. I've then and ever I, since. Ever since. Ever since. So yeah. I love that you Huge. said that because that hits home particular with me because I didn't get it. I was like, well, just tell me. It's like, oh, that's no, not no, the point. no, no, no. Yeah. Yes, I could tell you, yeah. but the other half of the equation is you. You could figure it out for yourself. Yeah. Well, especially for this industry. I feel. I mean, it's a. It's a. You know, by job industry. So it's like, True. if you aren't trying to work, yes. you're not going to work. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. There are other people. Yeah. Everyone. This is kind of a highly desirable. Doggy industry. dog, man. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's dirty, but I, I think. Uh, in in also saying that, um, I'd like to bring back my mentor Lee again, and I remember we were talking about a client in particular and how they were kind of like biting at each other. Like, you know, it can be ruthless here. And she also said something that I've always gone back to, which is that there's enough, um, there's enough work for everybody, you yeah. know? And that's for huge. Sure. Like, yes. don't ever do something that makes you, you, you know, like it's, life is too short and this uh, industry is so incestuous, that will bite you in the butt. Don't ever take, don't cut corners, don't burn people, like burn bridges, whatever it is. Don't like, there yeah. is enough work for everybody out there really and is. we can all thrive and push each other up, women in particular, yeah. you know? Like there is enough work for all. We do not have to be petty and hurt each other for that. It's not worth it. There's, Ironically, there's I got so the exact work. same advice years ago in the yes. same context yes. where we were talking about, because it was, it was a switch into digital age. Yes. And I remember everyone was so worried. They were like, oh my God, it's so heavily saturated now. And I remember uh, the head producer was like, 
the pie is so big yes. at this table that if you aren't getting a slice of the pie, you're not asking right. Yeah, Precisely. yeah, you're the problem. Or you're sitting yeah. at the wrong table. You're not, oh, you're not hungry enough yeah. not for, hungry. The for the pie. You guys, you see how we did that? <laughs> Full pie circle. Two and a half Asians. Yeah, and I, and I agree. I, I think I think there's there is a very very solid like level of of acknowledgement to that where it's like. Yeah, like there is so much money in here that yes. yeah, if you aren't getting this, like if you're sitting home complaining about there yeah. not being enough work or you're not getting it, like you need to look at small obscure brands. If you're a nobody and you are aiming for Vogue, you need to look at some small industry local label and mm-hmm. you work yourself up from That's there. Like- 100%. Yeah, that's sick. Vogue Arabia. Vogue Arabia. Vogue Arabia. Vogue Arabia. Shout we, we, we out. Speaking of our other sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> Crew, Lucas again. Did you know I Shoot LA is also on YouTube? There you can listen to the show while also viewing work from myself, Shintani, and whomever our guest is. It's great for playing on your second monitor while you endlessly retouch those elbows, knees, stray hairs, and that dirty, dirty white psych. Seriously, why is every studio in LA constantly out of psych shoes? Someone's really got to talk to someone, otherwise that poor stylist assistant's just going to spend all day taping souls. Anyway, check us out on YouTube. The link is in this episode's description. And when you're there, don't forget to like and subscribe. Okay, now back to the show. (laughs) All right, guys, is it time for Questions Corner? (laughs) Okay, okay, Questions Corner. Questions Corner. I like like that little Kim's here. Both as a producer and as a a former agent, you have a lot of insight into this. So guys, um, here's the first one. Uh, how often should I should I be uh, updating my portfolio or website? Oh, that's a very good Lil question. Lil' Kim, as an agent and a producer, um, former agent, but as, yeah. That's a good question. I think, I think people who have been doing it a long time, the thing that I've noticed is one of two things happens. When you go on someone's website and the work is dated, it's either that they're working too much and they don't have the need or you know, like have the time That's me, to update the their <laughs> to update their site, or they're trying to ride that you know mm-hmm. like happy That's time me. curtain forever. <laughs> like, oh, I shot this one celebrity, yeah. Julia Roberts, 1998. Like, yeah. I, I'm gonna ride that forever. Um, yeah. uh, I think it's important to be very biased about your work. I think it's really hard as an agent when you're. I think that was the biggest eye-opening thing when I was doing portfolio reviews um, with Lee, I would notice uh, she would talk about, you know, real ruthless about it, but like, this is old, this is old. I can tell this was like 2002. Like, she would cut stuff real ruthlessly. But the point of the matter is, the art directors are probably worse. They're looking at your work and they're like, love Charlize Theron, but this is Charlize Theron circa, yeah. I don't know, yeah. like when she was a newbie. Yeah, like, exactly. you know, yeah. I, it, it, the work gets dated really fast, not only just for the celebrity themselves, but um, the style. We, yeah. the, the work yeah. continually evolves, the look yep. continually evolves, they can very easily tell when it's old. So I think you have to be very, very, um, just have a good eye about that. And ask, don't be afraid, ask people who you, whose opinion you trust. Not people you just support, because people who support will just tell you that it's good. But mm-hmm. I think people will give you, someone who will give you constructive criticism is really important. I've had to do the same for my girlfriend. She's a retoucher and- um, Hi Morgan. Hi Morgan. Hey Morgan. She's, does amazing work, um, but if we're trying to elevate the kind of work that you do, you have to be harsh about it. And I think it's not in, you know, like criticism of the work itself, it's that your work has evolved and therefore the work that's displayed needs to evolve with it. You know, you've gotten better, so 
don't show the old stuff. Don't hold it sentimentally. It, yeah. You have to have less emotions about the work itself. Yeah. You have to be very critical in a very like non um, emotional way about the work. That's yeah. that's that's hard. But as yeah. an as an agent, I learned that it, it's yeah. really well, difficult. I actually I'm terrible to answer this question because I've not updated my website in two and a half years. <laughs> so it sounds like I'm taking a little Kim out for a dinner and, and drinks, and then we she will sit down and be I fucking think, honest. I did that already once yeah. with her. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah. the book. Tore apart. it apart. Oh, no. I, I think and, you know I've lost friends that way. Oh, I, I, but, I, but see, you know what's weird? You can't. You okay? As as someone who's asking for advice. If you take it personally and not professionally, yes. that's your own. Don't hold it precious. Yes. I, I'm not criticizing the work. I'm not saying that it's bad, whatever it is, yeah. you know? I'm just saying that like this now, not relevant yeah. In, yeah. in a way that is yeah. useful to your, whatever the trajectory you're asking yes. me about is what I'm going to base it off of. If you're saying that I want to do commercial work, I'm like, meh, you know, like yeah. this is not useful. I yeah. don't need this, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's, that's, that's what's important. But I also have, met a ton of photographers that I've appreciated who um, do so much work that they're continually updating their website. That's another um, yeah. thing that I've noticed. You know, Some people just shoot a lot of work, whether it's paid or not, and they are just creative in general, and they're constantly updating their website. I think that's kind of a new era that I've noticed and appreciated. Um, you, for those people who do that, they just need to be um, concise about the work and delete the things that are no longer relevant. So I don't want to be scrolling through 45 um, images. The, the thing I like to say is if I didn't see it in the first 10, I'm not going to see it in the next 30. So if you if I don't like it in that first 10 shots of that one portfolio or shoot that you did, I'm not going to like it in 50 shots. You yeah. know, put your best 10 at front, done. That's it. If yeah. I like it in that 10, that's what I'm going to like. Jesus. I go by first, this is, we first should, scroll. We should roll. TED Talks this. Yeah. This is amazing. It's huge. It's yeah. very, I mean, very I, important. Yeah, I, I believe in the same idea where it's like, I, I think when I look at someone's work or just like, even like a model's portfolio, it's like the first on scroll. On and on and on. Oh, sure, yeah. The first scroll yeah. is interesting. Like interesting. Next. I'm yeah. done. The, yeah, the first yeah. Four, four and maybe six yeah. and then I stop looking. The yeah. best way I can say it is like, think about the TikToks and the Instagrams of this world, like uh, stories. Yeah. If you haven't captured it in 30 seconds, they're moving on. Yeah, like, let's exactly. be honest, as yeah. an agent or as an art director or a photo editor, if I haven't seen it in 30 seconds, I'm yeah, moving on. Yeah, it's yeah, the same yeah. thing from social media that applies to portfolios. We cannot afford the time. God, dude, we should start charging for this podcast. This, this is advice. fucking amazing. <laughs> it's huge. Uh, okay, so okay, on that, uh, and I know you're not on social media, Lil' Kim, but nonetheless, you, you must consume it in order to, you know, because you live in 2022. Yes, look me up. It's hashtag Tiny Kim yeah, or hashtag is. Kim Tran. You'll find me among a, mon- <laughs> a bunch of other things, including cats. So this, uh, so this uh, question is, how important is it to be ultra Active on Instagram or social media when trying to build your brand or you're just starting out? Totally. I think uh, another thing I learned as an agent is it is important to separate your personal and your professional. If you are a, a working artist and you want to attract clients, nobody is looking for drunk pictures of you on a Saturday night commenting on some new t- television show. Like, no. You need to separate, make a, you know, uh, Kim Tran photo, Kim Tran art, whatever it is, make a separate Instagram that is purely about the work itself. It can just be about the work, it can be about you on set, um, things that are relevant to the industry itself, and then your personal should be on a separate. That's probably, probably the best private. advice I'd have. Yeah, you can make it private, yes, and don't think that those uh, art directors are not looking you up. It is happening. They yeah. are looking, because you, in essence, are. Uh, representing the brand. Even if yeah. you, your name is not directly related, people will find a way. There's credits 
things like that, people, sure. um, you know, you just, you can't afford it these days. Oh, I agree. <laughs> that's why, no, I mean, that's why, like, I, I yeah. feel like my Instagram is total horseshit. I've, I've heard this from several people. and, and I need I to, what I, I need to do, because I've had Instagram since Instagram started, and yeah. I, it goes back a hundred years, and I want to do that thing where it's just clean. Yeah, out. maybe twelve total. Like we scroll, you can you can scroll the bottom, oh. like where it's just like <sighs> the latest thing. Oh, that's a commitment. Yeah, it, it is. is. Yeah, because there's a lot of good memories too. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think you making separating it is a better yeah. way to also do that. too. Like my Instagram is Shintani. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't get. Oh. Yeah, it's fine. It is tough. I, I think also in essence of that, like re, as long as you don't have really incriminating things on it. Um, as an agent, I also realize that a lot of clients want to see personality. Yes. They don't want the same, uh, you know, um, curated, uh, processed out images and like. TikToks or whatever it is, they don't want that. They also want to see a little bit of you in it because really that's what they're hiring. Even if they, the, the most rigid of clients who are hiring you for the most, um, you know, controlled projects in advertising, um, where in essence you might just be a button pusher, you, they still want to know that the person they're hiring is cool or interesting or has an opinion or is vocal about something or has a point of view. Like they all want that. So I think it's important to also show a side of you that's relevant and interesting and different than others um just make sure that it doesn't hurt you in the end yeah yeah well no i agree yeah because i mean it's the same thing as like if a client was like hey do you want to like do we want to bring this person on to the bahamas for seven days precisely and be yeah. with them for seven days or yes. like what, what are we looking at right now you yeah know, I, there's there's multiple dimensions to that factoring in but yeah make it look good guys make it look good so the next question is can you discuss or give any tips on pitching to clients and i think this is i think this is from probably talking from someone who's not necessarily ready for an agent yet, but he's not also trying to pitch to Nike. Newer. You know, yeah, or, newer or you know, yeah, so like maybe a smaller, smaller photographer trying to pitch to a smaller brand. Well, in assuming that this person has already worked in the industry, they must have connects. Mm -hmm. So either I would say you would hire somebody like me or a Lee Anderson or something who, Lee Anderson, by the way, look her up, Anderson uh, with an E, she, um, offers consultation. Um, so this is great for somebody who's looking for a portfolio review, somebody who's looking for guidance, perhaps a long-term plan that um, can help guide you in that way without being repped in percent. But she gives you the same sort of um, consultation and like guidance as a rep would. Um, you can pay for that. Uh, so that's one route that you can take. Um, save up. I would say if you're doing a few jobs, save up 10% of your, you know, your, your jobs every day and you'll be able to afford her to be able to do something like that. Do a long-term projection for you. How to? She can help write form emails for you. She can help um, put your name, you know, help, help you in the lingo. I mean, it's the whole reason she taught this business of photography class. Like the lingo of how to get around what art directors want to hear. And I say that because as an agent, I would get hundreds, obviously, of submissions to our form mail that like were like about, hey, can you, uh, I would love to sign with you. And I cannot tell you how many times, <laughs> uh, like, like I cannot asked. tell <laughs> you how many times I got emails that were A, written to like, the wrong agency, yeah, the yeah. wrong person, like horribly written, spell check city, like it, it, very, very poorly written. Um, I think that's one red flag. But the other thing is like too long. You don't want to make it too long. You want to make the, sh the sentence no more than the, sh the whole email. Excuse me. It shouldn't be longer than five sentences, mm -hmm. five standard 
you know, intermediate length sentences. Um, and they should be very concise. It's like, here's my new work. Um, would love you to take a look at it. Um, you know, I'd love to talk more. Like, like very, very concise emails regarding the work itself. Like, that's it. If they're interested, they will find a way of getting to touch with you. If you want to write back, you can write back once. Not more than that. I think that's really important. Um, do not bombard their email. But also, don't leave them hanging. You know, some people are really, really busy. A lot of times, the squeaky wheel gets the, the oil. I, I, I would forget about an artist that had sent me an email or something like that. And when they hit back the second time, possibly the third time, um, I would write back. But if you don't hear more than that, um, you know, be, be smart about that. Don't, don't, don't harass them. That's, yeah. that's a, a good rule of thumb. You can get on people's bad side really nice. easily so that way. So it sounds like um, save up a little money, consult. Cons consult. Consultation is 100% the best way. Very cool. Shantani, do you have any tips on pitching clients that kind of, I, I'm assuming a little bit of a lower level. When are, whenever you email them, make it a new email. Yeah. <laughs> Never tag back on oh, to true. the same old email. Great I've seen email. that before. I mean, even just even with like, um, like like models or anyone that like tries to work with you at some point. If yeah. you do it like that at some point, it not to say that maybe the first email was just like terribly written. So at that point, you already have that stuck in your head. So if you're just like adding on to that, it mm -hmm. doesn't really add anything to a benefit because you're just existing yeah but yeah I mean that's that's the only thing I say but nice yeah I, I think I agree I, I, I part of part of what Lil Kim says like squeaky wheel gets the oil that's how it is with me at you know as far as like I said I mentioned earlier just people who want to come and hang out and help out but also I, maybe I'm an old person spell check use grammar your is not you are sorry generation yes. X I don't care <laughs> right yeah like please be professional. Please, please address be professional. the person you're talking to mm. yeah I can't I can't stress this enough actually where like I get so many emails and DMs where it goes hey yeah blah 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 and I go stop no. copying and pasting like yes. at least if you're going to copy and paste at least write my name yes yeah, yeah. like yes. Give me that respect because yes. that is terribly unprofessional. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I just uh, the, the professionalism is really eroding and yes. Uh, like that. An, uh, yes. And another thing, if I'm going to talk about that, like if you're trying to, um, yeah, three old send... old assholes at this table <laughs> right now. This is where we're going. Two and a half Asians, three assholes. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. Uh, if you're gonna send a submission to an agency that only hires. Uh, fashion photographers or something like that. Do not submit a, a, a entertainment portfolio. Like, yeah. make the work relevant to the company you are pushing. Like, if you are sending well, a bunch of yes, if you are sending a bunch of photographs um, to a fashion company and it's all you know, like some sort of uh, shoes, and it's uh, the company you're sending to is dresses. Yeah, that's not gonna fly. The yep. work is not yep. relevant to the work that you're sending to. Please make it, um, you know, concise and deliverable yeah. to the company and, you're sending it to. And listener, this may sound obvious, but obviously we're saying this for a reason <laughs> because apparently it's not obvious. Yes, uh, yes. It's all right, so guys. Hard. Last question before we get out of here. Uh, it just says permits for LA shoots? Question mark. Oh dear God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so first uh, off, legally, let's just say this. Uh, legally. Permits are required, required for shooting commercially in Los Angeles no, on public it's property. For shooting in Los Angeles, shit, you you get you'll get popped if yeah, it's, not it's yeah, it's fair much enough. worse. Yeah, shooting period. Uh, we advise here at I Shoot LA to always to shoot in New York. Yeah, that's literally what I was thinking. Go fly to New York. Yeah. If you don't want to spend the money on the permit, fly to New York. Yeah, this don't put a tripod. Is, is it a tripod? It's a tripod. Don't put a tripod down. Don't put sticks down on the New York sidewalk, and you're fine. Yes. 
I mean, here it's horrendous. Well, it's Hollywood. Unfortunately, okay. unfortunately we live in La La Land, yeah. and La yeah. La Land comes with the restrictions. Well, it's not, but that's the thing. It's not that expensive. It's, it's not. If if it's like very you small. You need to know who and where and when. Like, I think yes. it's important for you to like educate yourself about that. Mm-hmm. Um, LA Film is basically yes. the reigning king of all things out here. And yes. LA you, Films, a website. LA Films, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, you need they to just reach out. The biggest yeah. advice in that sense is time. You yeah. have to give them time. So yeah. if you know your shoot is on Friday, you need to have reached out by Tuesday. You are screwed at, at the, say, minimum. the minimum. You have to reach out yeah. three to four days in yes. advance. Um, that is the biggest thing. Now, if you are in the, you know, <laughs> oh shit, problem of having your shoot done too late, then your other um, way around it is to going to Peer Space or any of the other um, websites that are available and shooting at a private entity where they do not require permits. Um, yeah. Look, the point is time or money, right guys? Yeah. You either spend the time and do it or you spend the money and do it. Yeah. it, it yeah. It's one of two ways. Yeah. So um, You're either going to pay for it or you do it right. Correct. Yeah, right. Yeah. I and, and to those who think they can get away with it, I have also produced a shoot where I recall telling the photographer I had gridded out. Um, so a grid permit is where you tell Film LA um, that you are going to be in from this street to this street. You, you draw out a map for them and you're allowed to walk within that grid um, and shoot anywhere in, within that grid. And they, for some reason, wanted to go outside of that grid, I think one street over. And we, of course, got stopped by a cop and they asked us for our permit and the permit did not cover that one street Whoa, over and cats. we got fined. So yeah. you guys don't think it doesn't yeah. happen. It does yes. happen. And in essence of that, there are many times when I've had shoots and I very proudly displayed my permit. Hey, guys, want to look at my permits? Cops walking by. They don't care really at it. all. Yeah. It's the one so, time you yeah. don't. <laughs> the one time you don't have it is the one time they will yep. ask you. So yes, be very alert and aware because it does happen out here, especially in Los Angeles. Well, this yeah. was the client too. Like I feel like I've I've had the same issue with clients where like they, in the same aspect of not hiring proper producers in and stuff mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. you're you're you know you Run are running producer and they're like they're like well what's the big deal and I'm yes. like well you can pay for it it's fine I was like at this point like that's my advice I give photographers who do have clients that do that where I'm like yeah if they are going to at least be upfront about the consequences mm-hmm. like yes I've gotten enough tickets within my career of shooting where it's like okay now we just do it right like yeah. yes there's no yeah. point to not doing it right and if you don't understand why. It's because my wallet gets a lot lighter every single time that happens. So the permit does not cost that much, guys. It does not. It does not cost so that if, much. So if you're doing a production that you already know ahead of time, anything it, over two people, just yeah, honestly, do it. If you are walking around and you can somehow finagle your way into talking that it's just yeah. a fun shoot for fun, yeah, you know? with your four thousand dollar camera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but even outside of that context, it's like if you're a, if you're at El Matador, I was gonna say El Matador, Matador, yeah. if you're yeah. at Josh, if you're oh, in Joshua, Leo Carrillo, yeah. yeah, any I'm like, you're obvious at these spot, spots. you're gonna get yeah. Yeah. in trouble. There will it, be yeah. someone coming up. To yeah, you. yeah. If you, uh, we've, you know, and like. There, each municipality and uh, city has their own set of restrictions. Just so you know, like yep. um, Venice Beach and Santa Monica oh run Venice on Beach their is own. A yes, Venice but Beach, Abbott Kinney, they all run on their own thing. Santa Monica because Correct. It's so much. More it's so much easier. <laughs> yes, Santa Monica runs on its own thing as well. Yep. They all have their own set of rules. Hollywood itself, yep. downtown, the Bank District has its own set yep. of rules. They all have their own set of rules. So you but do if you need go to do your research. LA, 
That's yes. the one nice thing about Film LA. Correct. Right? They're very nice. They're very yeah. patient yeah. about yeah. it. And look, insider's tri- tip, if you don't have the time and energy to go through Film LA and you don't know how to do it, even I as a producer sometimes do not know how all the intricacies of it all, there are companies you can pay to get the permit for you. They charge within... Correct. It's a, it's a fat fee on top of that. Yes, it's a fat fee. That's true. There are <laughs> permit pulling uh, companies that yep. have ends with L- Film LA, they expedite your permit. You do have to pay a fat fee, hundreds of dollars. But if you're in a pinch, I've used them many times myself yep. and it's highly recommended. You can get them and they're on basically speed dial with Film LA. They will yep. expedite yeah. your permit and yep. you can get your permit in time if you don't think it's enough. But yep. you know, you know, get, yeah. your, get your client to pay for it. It's, yeah. it's important. The point it's is, is like, do it right. And, and cl- this is really more for clients. Clients, just it's-, it's <laughs> Convince your clients. You're already spending, I can't tell you how many times I've had this conversation, because you're right, Chantani, be upfront. Yep. Like, I, okay, if we get stopped, I ain't paying for this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Be upfront. Like, this isn't, like, the 90s anymore. And this yeah. isn't the early 2000s. Everyone's a photographer. Everyone's running productions. So that means there's more. It's like it's parking enforcement yeah. now, but for film permits, especially on the beaches. Yeah. Especially on the beaches. Yes. Oh, I was on a shoot one time at a beach where, like, the client literally, I was like, we, we did have permits, and I told them to, yeah. and we didn't have permits. And uh, and uh, co- the, the lifeguard Not started trying good. to peek. Yes. And I was like, I'm going to guarantee in about 15 minutes, cops are going to pull up. Yeah. And cops pulled up. <laughs> And she was like, let's hide. Let's oh hide. Let's hide in the ocean. No. <laughs> but clients, no. especially clients who are listening, it's like, oh, you spend the money to so hire good. me. You no. spend the money to hire the model. You're paying the agency fees. Like, spend the extra couple hundred and then this, don't yeah. shut down your multi-thousand dollar, yeah. tens of thousands of yeah. dollars. Yeah. Shoot. Right. Like, this goes back to that whole production budget conversation where I'm like, there, there's, a, there's a fine line where I'll, like, you know, even going over budget where I explain to clients, I'm like, they're like, well, it's over budget yeah. for the shoot, right? Like, we're already putting in 30000 into the shoot. We don't want to spend any more than that. Yeah. And I go, well, for an extra $300, you can ensure your $30,000 budget. Because you're already, you're already skeleton crewing us on your yeah. Budgets, so like with pizza too, yeah. with pizza, <laughs> right? Yeah, and it's like because what I, I and this is for listeners too. I don't know, like you know, budgets, production budgets are not just your rate. I'm like you, you are considering the idea where, and this is why I also explained it to like photographers that are new and assistants that are like you know coming into the game. Where I was like, your job is relatively just as important as anything else that goes into it. So I was like, that's why as a freelance base, it's so important to do your job well. Always, I was like, because we don't have the room for error. Because if you screw up, you can't come in the next day and say, "Well, let's just do it again." Yes. Because that budget, that production, you just screwed over by setting something on fire, or like some catastrophe of some sort happening, or a client saying, "Like, well, we're going to give you pizza instead," or not getting a permit and your shoot gets shut down. You just wasted thirty thousand, eighty thousand, one hundred fifty thousand, a million dollars for. Three hundred dollars, and that's why I'm like, there's, there's no point to it. Like, it's apathy. It's because they don't want to. It's it's literally that producer saying no because they don't want to have to send four emails. Yeah, that's it. Because they want to go home and watch and binge, you know, Game of Thrones or whatever. Wow, Euphoria. Did I? I I was gonna say, did I just date this pod, (laughs) Game of Thrones? Euphoria. Euphoria season (laughs) two. I was gonna say Seinfeld, but (laughs) yeah. Guys, this has been super fun. Thank you uh, so much, and and listener, I just want you to know. Uh, Lil' Kim, we did not even get into or scratch the surface of being a woman 
Oh and my god. Uh, yeah. A but whole figured, other podcast. It's a whole other podcast, so please, please. I would love to come back for part two. I would love to come back for part two. I know. Yeah. Good that's so blip. cool. Good your blood. It's a good little bit. Um, so cool. I would love to. Yeah, I would and, love to come back. Um, we'll just let you talk. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. There's yeah. a whole host of women who work in this industry who are very. We're, we're getting our due diligence now and coming up and doing things, but it's uh, yeah, that's a whole other topic. Uh, hopefully for another day. Yeah, I would love to come back. And so until next time, this is Lucas Passmore for Christopher Shintani. <laughs> Shin Shin. Shin Shin. Shinny. 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 And Lil' Kim saying, stay hot, LA. Ciao, ciao, guys. <laughs> it's good. I'm, stay I'm, cool. Stay cool. Well, stay hot because it's like oh, we're, stay hot? Because we're hot. <laughs> oh, I see. We are hot. We are hot. We are staying hot, but try to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a work in progress. <laughs>